Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What you're about to hear is a life-changing word from God through Pastor Steve Allen Sr. of Destiny Christian Center in Laplace, Louisiana. Enjoy the message and be blessed in the Lord. I started talking about divine people skills. And when I say people skills, I'm I'm talking about the ability to relate to people. If you're going to be successful in life, you're going to have to learn how to relate to people. And I want you to think about how successful we would be if we treated people better. How we could really impact people for the kingdom of God if we treated people better. Now, these skills that we're going to be dealing with in the in, in coming weeks, uh, these skills are necessary because we are in the people business. These skills are necessary for success in the world, but they are also, also necessary for success in the kingdom. If we're going to win this world for God, we need some people skills. Now, in our first fin- uh, foundational lesson, we taught from Ephesians chapter 4, And in verses 2 through 6, we found four qualities that we have to have. Uh, The first one was lowliness, which means humility. We must be humble. Say that to somebody. We must be humble. humble. Number two, we talked about meekness. Meekness means that you're teachable and submissive. Number three, we talked about long-suffering, which means uh, uh, long-tempered or not easily disturbed. And then number four, we talked about forbearance. Forbearance means to make allowances for different personalities. It means tolerating difficult people without breaking down and yielding to anger. Now, as we go through this series, I may expound on some of these qualities that we found in Ephesians chapter 4. But today's lesson is going to also be a foundational lesson uh, as we deal with people's skills. I have some objectives in this series that I want to reach Uh, Of course, number one, I want to develop divine people skills. Number two, I want uh, to discover people principles from the word of God. Number three, we want to glorify God in our relationships. And number four, we want to preserve the potency of our faith. Now, Galatians 5 and 6 says, faith worketh love. So the potency of our faith is determined by our love walk. People don't want to, they don't want to know what you know until they know that you care. People want to know that you care. Now, I have two main points today as I lay the foundation for this series, and um, let me give you those two main points. The first one is, the quality of your fellowship with God depends upon your ability to relate to people properly. Number two, Your success, your fulfillment, and happiness in life depends on your ability to relate and to work with people. Not only relate, but to work with people. We've got to learn how to work with people. Uh, Even in church, man, some people find it hard to work with each other. And and that's that's, that's, that's not good. We've got to learn how to work together. Some people don't want to do anything in church because they don't want to work with people. I don't understand that. How is it that you don't like people? 
how is it that you don't like people? And then you want to talk about we going to heaven. And you, well, you, you think you're going to be isolated in heaven? You're going to be flying on one side of heaven while they... We got to learn, test somebody, say we got to learn how to walk, uh, work together. <laughs> Turn your Bibles and, and you know, we're, we're going to deal with stuff that we've dealt with in the past. One thing I, I noticed about the Chick-fil-A company is that it took them 10 years to train their people. So I'm not moved because I'm telling you some stuff that I've told you before because you don't know it until you do it. Turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4, and uh, we're going to read verses 20 and 21. 1 John <clears throat> chapter 4, verses 20 and 21. When you're there, say, I'm there. That's 1 John, not St. John. This is what it says. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him that he who loveth God love his brother also. I want to read this in the Message Bible. The Message Bible says this. If anyone boasts, I love God, and goes right on hating his brother or sister, thinking nothing of it, he is a liar. If he won't love the person he can see, how can he love God he can't see? The command we have from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You've got to love both. Come on, somebody shout, you've got to love both. Now, I know when we hear this scripture that says if a man uh, says he loves God and hateth his brother, I know most of us would say, well, I don't hate anybody. But what this scripture is really saying that saying is if a man says he loves God and he has a problem relating to people, he's a liar. And then the 21st verse says, he who loveth God loves his brother also. So the Bible says that if you love God, you will love people. You can't... You can't come to church talking about, oh, I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you, Lord, I love you more than anything. And you know what? You ain't talking to your neighbor. Jesus says, shut up. Because he said, you can't love me if you don't love them. So our love for God is expressed in our relationships with people. Listen, if being with God on Sunday doesn't make you better with people on Monday, you've missed the point. In other words, our Christianity should translate in our everyday life. Your Christianity is not translated into your relationships. All you have is religion. Real Christianity will shine in relationships. So my question today is, how do you relate to people? How do you, 
How are you outside of church? What do people think about you outside of being in here? How are you treating people outside? I know you're hugging folk when I tell you to hug them. But what's happening outside of these walls? What are you doing? What are you, who are you outside of here? What are you known as? Are, are you known as being a nasty person? Oh, don't talk to her. Ooh, she might chop you up at any moment. Or are you known as being the loving person that you're supposed to be? Who are you? Ask your neighbor that. Who are you outside of here? Mm, mm, mm. How do you relate to people? And I'm talking about people that you deal with in your home. I'm talking about people that you deal with on your job. I'm talking about people that you deal with in school. How do you relate to people even in church? How are your relationships in the community? Go to Mark chapter 12 for me. I'm not going to be too long. I'll have you at the jazz fest in a moment. Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 31. You there? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Now, I want you to notice that they only asked Jesus about the first commandment, but it looks like Jesus gave them more information than they asked for. Because he tells them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. And this is the first commandment. Then he goes on to say, but then he says in the 31st verse, and the second is this. Ain't nobody asked him about the second. But he told them about the second anyway. You know why? Because he says the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love the Lord... Thy, uh, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than this. And the question is, why is he telling them about the second when they only ask him about the first? Well, he tells them about the second, even though they ask him about the first, because you can't separate the first one from the second. You can't love people and not, you can't love God and not love people. See, the quality of your fellowship with God depends on your ability to relate to people properly. And this is true because God identifies himself with people. God identifies himself with people. Come here. You come here. Yes, okay. That's all right. It's all good. I'm here. It is what it is. She said, yeah. She said, listen. So, we have two believers. Two believers. And let's say that she's not relating to her properly. 
um, let's say that she's unkind, and I pick you because I know you're an actress. She's unkind. No, she's, a, she's really an actress. Yeah, legit. <laughs> let's say that she's not kind. Let's say that she's ugly. Let's say that she's insensitive to her sister. Now, I just want you, you don't have to touch her. I just want you to kind of, you know, give some insensitive, nasty gestures. Yeah, don't say nothing. Just, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, she, she's nasty towards her. And <laughs> let's say that I'm God. And I walk up to her, and I say to her that I'm with her. I'm on her side. I love her. She's, my, she's, she's related to me. She's on my team. If she now knows that I'm God and I love her, don't you think that it's going to affect the way she treats us? If she had good sense. <laughs> It's going to affect the way she treats her when she finds out that she's close to God and God's close to her. Thank you. Thank you so much. And what, what I'm trying to say, you did a great job. What I'm, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get you to understand is once you get the revelation that God identifies himself with people, then you will, it will have a positive impact. It should have a, a positive impact on the way you treat folks. Because the way you treat people, God says, that's the way you treat me. So you can't treat your brother and sister bad without treating God bad. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, but I pray every day. I'm talking to God, but you're not talking to your neighbor. Go, go to Matthew, Matthew 25. Look at verse 31 through 40. Are you there? You notice it's in red. It means that Jesus is speaking. Matthew 25, verses 31 through 40. Listen to this. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne at, uh, of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divided his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them uh, on, the, on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was in hunger and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger and ye took me in. Naked and ye clothed me. I was sick and ye visited me. I was in prison and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto him, Verily I say unto you, Insomuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. 
So God identifies himself with people, and when we treat people right, God says, you've treated me right. So Jesus says that he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. And the question is, are you a sheep? Are you a goat? See, if you're a sheep, you got to start acting like a sheep. See, goats are always tearing stuff up. We'll leave that right there where it is. Now look at verses 41 through 45. This is an important point. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, in everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was an hungered, ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, ye took me not in. And ye clothed me not. Uh, I was naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger or a thirst or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. Now you'll notice that Jesus specifically says, one of the least. Because you know what I found out? Folk don't mind treating people that have. Right. But it's the folk that are considered to be the least that's treated differently. But let me tell you something. You better be careful how you treat folk because God has a strange way of turning people's lives around. See, the people you're looking down to today, you may have to look up to them tomorrow. And even beyond that, you've got to realize that when you treat folk wrong, especially God's children, God says that's against him. Even in the church. Even in the church. I mean, you can read in James where it talks about a man that walked in the church and he was dressed good. And they said, come on up to the front. They put him in a good seat. But then there was a man that had on raggedy clothes and they put him in the back somewhere. got to be careful. How you treat people. And even in the church, man, we have churches where, you know, my, my big givers have a special seat. Oh, don't sit there. Brother so-and-so, that's his normal seat. And brother so-and-so's a big tither. So don't sit in brother so-and-so's seat. And I've always said that brother so-and-so want a special seat, he better get to church on time. Out, list. let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I was just sharing with my guys in the back. I've had members here that were, I mean, huge givers. Huge givers. Uh, years ago, huge givers. And they wanted to be treated like they were huge givers. And I told them, look, we ain't got no VIP sections. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, ain't that kind of, it ain't that kind of church. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care what kind of clothes you're wearing. I don't care what kind of car you're driving. I don't care what kind of house you live on, live in. We are all God's children. Got to be careful. I read a story. I read a story this morning. I read a story this morning where this man, uh, uh, I think it's a Chinese man. And he had been dreaming about this motorcycle that he wanted for years. He'd worked hard, and he's been saving his money to 
because he wanted this particular motorcycle for years. He walks in this place dressed like a bum and nobody would talk to him. I mean, nobody would talk to him. He had on some beat up sandals and beat up pants, a torn up t-shirt, but he had a pocket full of cash. <laughs> and they prejudged him. And nobody would talk to him. Finally, one person said, can I help you? He says, I want this bike right here. What, what, you want it? Yes, I want it. All right, well, how you want it? I'm paying cash for it. And everybody else is sitting back looking because they prejudged him. You got to watch how you handle it. And beyond whether they have money or not, we're dealing with the fact that we are God's children. You got to watch how you handle God's child. Look at your neighbor and say, watch how you handle me now. <laughs> over, over, over in Acts chapter 9, uh, you can read where Saul had been persecuting the children of God. And while he was on the road to Damascus, a, a light shines from heaven and he fell on the ground. And the Lord spoke to him, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? Now, you see, Saul, in his mind, he wasn't coming against the Lord. He was just coming against uh, the people of God. But God identifies himself with his people. So when you come against his people, you come against him. How many of you, want to, how many of you really want to be close to God? You cannot divorce that desire to be close to God from how you relate to people. Now, let me say this to you. Some of you are not getting the kind of harvest in your life that you think you should. Maybe it's because you haven't been treating people right. All I'm saying is if you, you want to be close to God, you're going to have to treat people right. You think you're going to be blessed and you're treating people bad? Let me tell you something. When you're nice to people, it'll be a blessing to you. My wife and I, my wife and I went to lunch Friday with my, my spiritual parents, and we were sitting there talking, and uh, we were, uh, my spiritual father now always fighting over who's going to get the bill, so the waitress came, man, she was the sweetest person in the world. This girl was so, so nice, so uh, he turned his head, and I slipped a, a credit card, and, <laughs> and so... She came back when we were just about finished, and she had been so sweet. I said, listen, I'm going to ask you a question. She says, yes, sir. And the bill was like $80. He loves to go to the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> I hate the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> but I love his fellowship. He loves he loved it. I, when we, whenever he said we're going to go to lunch, I don't even have to say, all right, well, I'll meet you at Cheesecake Factory because I know where we're going. So it was about $80. I said, I want to ask you something. She said, yes, sir. I said, um, I'm going to ask you a question that probably nobody's ever asked you before. She said, what's that? How much do you want your tip to be? She says, oh, she got all nervous. I, I can't say it. You better say it. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I know nobody's ever asked you this question before. She says, well, you know, somebody asked me this once before, and I said, well, what did you tell him? She said, I, I don't know. I was just playing around because he was drunk. I said, well, I'm not drunk, so you better catch me. 
And she said, she said, well, I, I told him $100. I was just playing around with it. I said, okay, $100 it is. What? I said, $100 it is. The ticket's only $80. I said, $100 it is. Don't argue with me. <laughs> this girl stopped. She said, can I get a hug? She was crying, crying. Man, she was so appreciative. I was already, look, can we, let me, give me another ticket. I'm going to give you $200. But she was so appreciative. And I had to bless her. Because she was a nice person. Listen, all I'm saying to you is, you don't know what you're missing sometimes when you're not nice to people. Look, look, you, you believe in God to be a blessing to you. How is he going to bless you outside of blessing you through somebody? And sometimes you may be treating the person bad that God wants to use to be a blessing to your life. You don't know who God's going to use to bless you. God can bring somebody in your life to change your life forever. But if you're not nice, you're treating people bad, you may be treating your blessing bad. Went to the gym Monday night. Confession, hadn't been there in a while. Uh, so the guy that runs the gym, he's been here to the church a couple of times. He, he listened to me on radio. He, come, he came here maybe twice uh, at 12 o'clock. So I'm on the bike, and I'm just riding the bike, sweating. He walks up to me. So he, I know he wants to say something, so I take my earplugs out. I said, what's up, Luke? I should have said his name. So I, he said, look, I've been looking for you. I said, Really? He says, yeah, I, I want to talk to you. How, how you coming along with your building project at the church? I said, well, we're working on it every week, man. He said, okay. He said, I want to tell you, at the end of the year, I got uh, a big lump sum of money coming. I said, really? Yeah, about $25 million. I said, yeah, is that right? He says, and I want to pay for that building. I stopped peddling. I stopped peddling. He says, yeah. He said, man, I can't. I'll never be able to spend $25 million. I want to do something good with it, and I feel like what you're doing is something good, so I want to buy that building. I told this to somebody this week, and they said, so what if he, what if he don't do it? I said, what if he does? Yeah, yeah. But here's the truth. He would have never even said it if I was not a nice person. Do you think he would have walked up to a, a person with a nasty attitude and even have the desire to give millions? The reason that he even has a desire to give millions was because I was a nice person and I was approachable. I'm, I'm saying this to you because you never know. You may be missing your blessing. God may have somebody to be a blessing to your life, and you can't get it because of your nasty attitude. Now, I know, I know, I know, I know. Some of us come up with nasty attitudes. We think it's cute. 
We, we, even, we even think our children are cute when they treat people bad. Did you see little Johnny? Little Johnny got in tow. That ain't cute. And beyond, beyond financial stuff, you never know who God wants you to impact. Just because somebody may be nasty to you, God, that may be your assignment. God may want to use you to change that person's life, but you're so busy trying to show them you and give them a piece of your mind that you can't affect them and touch them for the kingdom of God. You may be the one to turn their lives around. Do you know, man, if somebody's treating you bad and you keep treating them good, man, God can, you show them God and stop showing them you. That may be your assignment and you're failing. Let me tell you something. You are not responsible for what people do to you or how they treat you, but you're going to be held responsible for how you respond and how you treat people. Oh, I can't take that. I can't take this. Jesus was taking nails and he still said, forgive them. I don't see no prints in your hand. If he could do that and still say, forgive them, they know not what they do, you mean to tell me you can't look over some words? Now, my second point, let me move on. I'm going, I'm getting a little too excited. I didn't mean to do all that. Your success, your fulfillment, your happiness in life depends on your ability to to relate and work with people. Now, go to Genesis 11 for me. Genesis is in the beginning of the Bible, y'all. <laughs> We're going to look at <laughs> and Sunday school is right across the street. Uh, We're going to look at verses 1 through 6. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. It came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, go to let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. Let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord says, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they began to do, and nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Now, I want to give you some components that was a part of their initial project, and initially, they were extremely uh, successful. And I'm just going to give you these components, and I'll, I'll be finished. Number one, what we find here is a mutual goal and 
well, we'll just say they had one goal. If you're going to be successful as a group, you're going to have one goal. Everybody's got to be on the same page. Number two was unity. They went together and they did things together. We can make an impact when we are together. Together we stand. Divided we fall. Tell somebody, say, we're in this together. Number three was agreement. Now, listen to this. Agreement is a little different than unity because you can be together and not be in agreement in your heart. Number four is so important, is communication. You see, they were talking to one another. The key to unity in any aspect is communication. A lot of marriages are breaking up because of a lack of communication. And I got to stop there for a second. A lot, of, a lot of married folk don't even talk to one another. You know what's crazy? You used to talk to each other before you got married. You, used to, you, you would call each other and be on the phone all night. All night. I mean on the phone all night. And I know I used to be on the phone all falling asleep on the phone. Wake up. Thank God for that sound. I don't know if they, that sound, they have that sound in my... Oh, yeah, wake up, slob all over the place. That's when we were dating. I used to call my wife up, man, and, and in the middle of the day, singing on the phone. I just called to say I love you. Hey, I, I'm, in a, I'm in a meeting. I just called to say how much I care. I care. <laughs> Just talking and talking and talking. Then we get married and we get used to each other. And we wake up in the morning. Good <laughs> <The> morning. <laughs> Don't talk. Don't talk. I mean, so you have a husband who's, who's dealing with stuff and he won't say it. I have a wife that's dealing with stuff. She won't say it. There's problems going on in their heads, but they won't say anything. No communication. They expect each other to be mind readers. You ought to know me by now. Oh, come on, y'all know I'm telling the truth. You have you been with me all this time and you still don't know me. I shouldn't have to say. You need to say something. Ooh, y'all better be glad these kids in here because I sure want to talk to you. You know what I meant. Oh, you ain't said nothing. You smelled the perfume in the air. Okay. <laughs> you ain't said nothing. You ain't said nothing. You gotta talk. Husbands and wives, y'all gotta get back to talking to each other. Now look, let me let me let me give a disclaimer. Women and men are totally different. Yes. Totally different. We gotta appreciate those differences. Women want to give all the details. All the details. Oh, Jesus. 
Yeah, I was, uh, I was at the gym, and the sun was shining. It was about 7.30, and I, I saw a red truck, and uh, where are we going, baby? Where are we going with this? Just, this is us, man. Come on, can you just tell me what you want to... Men want to get to the point and just let's, let's, just, let's work it out and move on. Sisters want to tell you detailed information. She wants you to know the whole story. <laughs> so if we're going to have peace, we're going to have to have communication and we have to know the differences. So uh, brothers, you're going to have to be patient and listen. And sisters, you need to shorten your stories. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which leads to my next uh, component is teamwork. Teamwork makes a dream work. Uh, number six is cooperation. Number seven is mutual respect. You can't work with people if you don't respect them. If you don't respect your spouse, you can't work with your spouse. If you don't respect your church members, you can't work with them. If you don't respect your pastor, you cannot work with him or her. There must be respect. Come on, say that. Say respect. Come on, spell it like Aretha. No, I'm just <laughs> number, eight. number eight. These people in this story had confidence in their own abilities. You must have some confidence in yourself. The reason why we struggle with folks sometimes is because we're insecure in ourselves. And see, that's why we think that everybody's against us and nobody likes us. It's because we're not whole within ourselves. You got to know who you are yourself. You got to be a whole person. That's why, man, let me just stop here for a second. That's why I tell people that's getting ready to get married, you, you're not getting married to so somebody can make you whole. It takes a whole man and a whole woman to make a whole marriage. Okay. And number one, nine, they had trust in each other. Now, I, let me close with this. Destiny, as a church, my question to you is, what do you want? Do you want a struggling church? And if so, all you have to do is be ugly with each other. Be unkind. Have a lot of strife. Have a lot of gossip going on about each other. You can be just another church on another street making no impact in the community. Just showing up Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, just being religious. You can be ugly to each other and be a failure. Or you can love each other and be a success. It's your thing. Do what you want to do. <laughs> if we're going to be successful in the kingdom, we've got to have some people skills. We are, you know, the Bible says that we are ambassadors. We represent heaven. Here on earth, we represent heaven. We are the body of Christ. And we need to represent well. 
We need to represent well. When I'm meeting with people, I need to know that I am representing God. I'm representing the kingdom. So I've got to treat people not, not necessarily how I want to treat them, but I've got to make sure I treat them the way God wants me to treat them because I'm wearing his name. I taught my children from a natural aspect. I taught my children. Don't you leave out here messing up my name. Hope you taught yours that, that as well. Look, what you do reflects on me. Yeah, you ain't just you ain't just out here with your name. Your name, you you wearing my name. And I told him, I said, it took me a long time to clean up this name. <laughs> a long time. <laughs> Some consistency to clean up this name. Don't you leave out here messing up my name? Well, in a whole, we are wearing his name. Christians, Christ-like. We're wearing his name. So we want to make sure we represent him well. Let me tell you something. God will bless you when you treat people right. God has some blessings for your life. My, My son right now, is doing some some things as it relates to his business. And this week, he was telling me, he said, Dad, I got so many people that just trying to help me. They're excited for me. Oh, my God. Everywhere I turn, people ask me, what can I do to help you? What, What do you need me to do? What do you need? They're not asking him that because he's a nasty person. They're asking him that because he's been nice. And I've taught them to be nice to people. I say, hey, you can play around here thinking you don't need nobody. (laughs) Yeah. You know, because we got them old crazy. I don't need nobody. I don't need nobody. (laughs) When you get in trouble, you're going to call something. (laughs) You need something. You're going to need people. And let me tell you something. Whatever vision God has given you, God has assigned people to help you get there. God has people to help you. They ain't going to want to help you if your attitude is bad. Hmm. You may be sitting next to your blessing right now. And you're in church. And I tell you, touch your neighbor. You ain't catching. Look, I'm tired of talking. That's why I don't like coming to this church. Always got to be touching people and talking. I don't know these people. You never know. You never know who God has to be a blessing. I've had members that come to me after church and said, I was sitting next to somebody, and they said the Lord spoke to them, and they wrote a check out to me, or they gave me money. You never know who God's going to use to help you. God may have had you sit next to somebody on purpose just to be a blessing to you. And you won't even talk to them. I ain't talking to you. And they're looking at you, I ain't giving you what God told me to give you either. <laughs> Let's all stand. 
We're going to get this right. We're going to get this right. We hope the word you've just heard has blessed you. If you'd like to order other messages or series, please go online to destinychristian.org or call 985-653-9006. Thank you for being a part of this ministry. Destiny Christian Center. Destiny demands diligence, so never quit. God bless you.